0: true health, true success, true happiness, it's not going to be any book, it's not going to be any guru, like, it's unique to you, and fortunately, or unfortunately, you're the only person who knows <laughs> what that looks like, you can read all you want, you can, all that stuff is great, but at the end of the day, you're the only one who knows, the answers are within.
1: This is episode number 43, with founder and CEO of Mind Body Green, Jason Wacko. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, medical student and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Welcome back to Pursuing Health. I'm excited to share with you this episode with the founder and CEO of Mind Body Green, Jason Wachub. I first met Jason at Mind Body Green's annual Revitalize Summit, which brought together athletes, actors, physicians, and influencers who were all united by a passion for wellness. After Revitalize, I was inspired to talk with Jason further about his personal journey on the podcast. Jason received his bachelor's in history from Columbia University, where he played varsity basketball for four years. After working on Wall Street for a little while, he finally followed his calling to entrepreneurship, which eventually led him to starting Mind Body Green. MindBodyGreen is now the leading independent media brand dedicated to wellness and has 10 million unique monthly visitors. He's also the author of Wealth, How I Learned to Build a Life, Not a Resume, and he's been featured in the New York Times, Inc., Fast Company, Vogue, and more. We caught up here to discuss what led him to leave Wall Street and eventually start MindBodyGreen, his perspective on Eastern versus Western medicine, as well as what it was like to watch his father-in-law start CrossFit at age 70, but before we get started, a few quick reminders. First, if you're enjoying the podcast, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and consider giving it a five-star rating. You can also head to my website, juliefouche.com and enter your email to stay in the loop with the podcast and everything else I'm doing with my bi-weekly newsletter. I'm also always looking for inspiring stories to share, so if you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send your story to me at info at juliefouché.com and I'll select some to share here on future episodes. If you're interested in training with me, check out my program through Beyond the Whiteboard. This is the actual training that I do now, five days per week, one hour per day, scheduled out for you minute by minute from warm-up to cool-down. We also have a train-on-the-go program that's perfect for helping you get your workouts in on vacation or during a busy week at home, especially during this holiday season. For more info or to try the programs out yourself, visit beyondthewhiteboard.com forward slash Julie fouche Finally, please remember that although I'm nearing graduation from medical school, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So, with that, let's get started here with episode number 43 of Pursuing Health featuring Jason Wachub. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm here with Jason Wachub of Mind Body Green, and I'm very excited to have you on the podcast today. So, thank you.
0: Thank you, Julie. It's an honor to be with you.
1: Awesome. Well, I'm sure a lot of my listeners know who you are, but I think that um, it would be nice to start with a little bit of your background. And you talk about a lot of it in your book, Wealth, and it's obviously not a very straight path like most. There's some <laughs> some winding along the way to where you got to or where you are today. So I was hoping maybe we could start out with some of that and how you ultimately... Um, got to the point where you started mind body green
0: sure i'll I'll try to give you the abbreviated version
1: Sure.
0: (laughs) Uh, so i am 42 my birthday was the other week
2: oh happy birthday Uh,
0: thank you very much uh i'm six foot seven
2: okay (laughs) so yes
0: the next question is always did you play basketball yes i i played basketball in college at columbia uh i graduated in 1998 and Back then, there were no startups. Back then, you know, most of the people I went to college with did three things. I always say, one, if they had grades and an aptitude for science and wanted to help people, they went to medical school. <laughs> if they had grades uh, and, and not an aptitude for science, they went to law school. And I joke and say, if they had none of the above, they went to Wall Street. <laughs> and so that was me. I was someone who, uh, didn't grow up with money and had a lot of college debt, even though Columbia is now like twice the price of what it was back then. It was still a lot of money at the time and, uh, and saw money as, as freedom. And a lot of my friends went to become equities traders. So I, I followed on that path and, uh, you know, did well enough where I could pay off my school debts, not enough to retire by any means, but enough to have like freedom and, uh, quickly saw that, that money did not buy happiness. And shortly after 9-11, this is 2001, I was a couple blocks away from when that happened and was really affected by that event, like a lot of New Yorkers at the time, and started to have one foot out the door. And that led me to the entrepreneurial path. And I was involved in three different startups, starting in healthcare and finishing with an organic chocolate chip cookie company
2: mm-hmm.
0: that was actually in every Whole Foods market in the country. And uh, the first two didn't work, and the third one, the cookie company, ended up not working. But it was through that cookie company, I I started to to fly a lot. I flew almost 150,000 miles domestic in a year.
2: Wow!
0: So six foot seven, <laughs> coach seats. Just imagine <laughs> what that looks like. And so flying, form of compression. Seating's not ideal, stress that the company was not doing well, uh, and and an old basketball injury led to two extruded discs in my lower back, L4, L5, S1, that famous Mm. combo so many people struggle with. And Mm -hmm. I had excruciating sciatica. Uh, My right leg was like a lightning rod. I could not walk. It It was awful. And I went to see a doctor and did an MRI, x-ray, the whole thing, and he said, you need back surgery, non-negotiable. And I have nothing against surgery, but tend to see it as a last resort. Mm -hmm. And the success rates with back surgery actually aren't that great, so I sought a second opinion. That doctor said the same thing, you need back surgery. Darn it. (laughs) Yeah, and it was almost like an afterthought. He said, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe some yoga or therapy could help, but you still need surgery. And so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll try this yoga. I'll give it a shot and started with some like very light yoga, five to 10 minutes in the morning and the evening, like, you know, four to five restorative poses. And I started to feel better and it's, it opened a can of worms for me. I started to look at things like sleep and stress and nutrition. I was a guy who, you know, have, have always been fit as an athlete, but uh, my ideal, of, my idea of nutrition back then was like, eating steak every day with martinis and i ate so much <laughs> steak in one year when i was 27 my face is on the wall of the the palm steakhouse in midtown manhattan wow. Like that's, that's insane <laughs> it's me next to adam sandler <laughs> it's uh, a lot of steak it is and i still eat meat but now i make sure it's grass-fed and i don't eat as much and mm-hmm. i eat more vegetables so you know made changes like that Started to look at sleep and stress and yoga became a big part of my life and and looking at relationships and the environment and Made a lot of changes in my life and I completely healed over the course of six months yoga obviously played a large role in that Mm -hmm. But it it was everything and I said holy cow like everyone's got Wellness wrong. It's this blend of mental physical spiritual emotional and environmental well-being like no one's really talking about this, you know, and all these things are interconnected, you know, mind, body, green, one word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how the idea for the website started. And, you know, the, the idea in a lot of ways for even though it took years later to write the book wealth, but, the, but this, this idea about redefining what success looks like, which I think a lot of people are, are searching for. So that, that's how it, that's how it all started. That was 2009.
1: Wow. So I've been at wow. this
0: for a while, yeah. Wow.
1: wow. And what, when you first started Mind Body Green, what did you imagine would be the role or the purpose of it? And then how has it evolved sure. today?
0: Sure. So uh, to me, it was like, I was just like so excited about this lifestyle mm-hmm. and the only people really talking about wellness in this more nuanced way that was a little more holistic, tended to be like new agey, crazy, you know, preaching to the choir of people who live in, you know, the west side of LA or Boulder or (laughs) Brooklyn. And I wasn't interested in preaching to the choir. I wanted to build a bigger church. And so I saw my buddy green as like a platform, a place that we could make this lifestyle more approachable and always had a big vision for what that could look like mm-hmm. but uh, didn't know how exactly we would get there but the goal was to inspire people to you know redefine what living their best life is with these pillars in mind and that that was sort of the initial vision and it it really hasn't evolved uh, but the path and mm-hmm you know, the strategy and, and like the day to day and all that stuff has evolved going from one employee me
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, alone in our apartment with my wife, you know, chipping in on the weekends and my other co-founders, Tim and Carver, like coding at nights to now I think we have close to forty employees.
2: Wow.
0: So we've we've evolved <laughs> and my role has evolved. I will say that one thing I've learned as an entrepreneur I think it's a metaphor for life. It's symbolic of life, too, is this, this idea that, like, your problems never go away. They just change. Mm. So.
1: <laughs> awesome. You, you touched a little bit on um, Eastern and Western medicine, and you talk a lot about sure. that, bringing those two together. And you just told us about, you know, the contrast between those two when you had your own back pain and your own... Sure. Um, Sort of health issue, and I think in your book you talked about it also when you had a, a parasite or something similar.
2: Oh
0: yes, um,
1: oh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded sounds like a fun time. Um, but I was wondering if you'd just talk a little bit more about that and how you think that they, the two different philosophies, complement each other and what role they might play, um, in helping people sure. achieve health.
0: Sure. Sure. Well, for one, it's functional medicine. It's yeah. what you're you're gonna you know getting out there in the world, but you know, I, I think they both can work in tandem. I think Western saves lives, like in terms of critical care, in terms of diagnostics, in terms of technology, like Western is amazing, uh, but it's also not perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, where Western can sometimes can often lack is getting to the core of the root cause of, of what's, what's really going on here. And I think that's where Eastern can provide perspective. Uh, you know, what's really going on, you know, spiritually, physically, emotionally, you know, what's happening in your diet. Uh, And I think the combination of these two are really powerful, this practice of functional medicine, Mm -hmm. but you need both. Like Eastern is great. And I've seen all sorts of amazing, you know, stories, you know, shamans and, and <laughs> healers and reiki and you name like i've seen an, an experience too
2: mm-hmm.
0: personally like some magic from eastern that you necessarily can't explain
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh even though i think science is catching up there with like practices like acupuncture and, and reiki actually too uh but it, it it's both neither practice is perfect and i firmly believe the future is is functional medicine you mm-hmm. know but what 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 you're preaching right. and practicing.
1: Right, exactly. That's, a, I think, something that maybe a lot of people thought intuitively in the way that functional medicine just creates sort of a, an operating system to think about both is what attracted me to it in the first place, at least.
0: Yeah, it's like sometimes you need a pill, sometimes you need spinach.
1: Right. <laughs> Some, sometimes
0: you need surgery, sometimes you just need to, you know, learn how to deal with stress a little better. So it, it, it's it's a blend of both.
1: Right. And how so much of what we can do for our health is what we as individuals can do and is not related to medicine or surgery or procedures or pills. And obviously that information is everywhere now. And we have the internet and there's so much information about, you know, what's the best way to eat or what's the best, you know, meditation practice. Sure. Um, How do you think that people... Find that, like, find that information and then how do you think that they can sort through it and try to figure out what's the best way for them?
0: Sure. That's the challenge. <laughs> I, think, you know, I think a couple of things. One, I think in this age of information, it's phenomenal. Uh, but I also think there can be information overload. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of people have had those moments, myself included, where something's wrong and you start Googling and next thing you know, it's like, oh, my God, like, I need to go to the emergency room, <laughs> right. like, I'm going to die. And, and, you know, I think I think that's the, the challenge of living in the information age. I, I do think um, what I try to do is listen to my body and and tune into what feels good and be open to change. I think we as people evolve and are all different you know i'm six foot seven i'm 42 i'm 220 pounds like mm. I, I'm probably what works for me is probably going to be entirely different than what works for you know a 20 year old crossfit athlete you know mm-hmm. a five foot two female crossfit athlete you know who's in the best <laughs> shape for life like we're just we're just built differently and so I, I think there are universal truths i think that we can all agree that sugar is is you know, terrible, and should generally be avoided. <laughs> and you know, and a lot of people uh, you know don't do well on gluten. and then I think you know, starting with vegetables and and going from there, but it it's listening to what feels good. and I think it's this idea of uh, you know connection and where Eastern practices can help is like really listening to your body and saying, like I enjoy this, like this feels good. you know, I. Personally, like, I hate running. Like, Mm -hmm. the last time I ran was the last game I played in 1998. (laughs) Like, so why would I run? Like, I just don't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's this idea of really listening to your body and tuning in and doing what feels right Mm -hmm. with regards to diet, you know, with regards to how we work out and and figuring out, you know, I would say, like, the best exercise you do is the one you actually do.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Awesome, um, and I love how you two are so big on bringing together a lot of different ideas. And um, I think people can get so polarized, especially like the obvious one that we talk about is vegan and paleo. And there's all these different yeah. communities that, really, at the end of the day, have the same mission is to make people healthier. We just they just maybe have different approaches. And, and
0: yeah, and we change.
1: Right, we and, change.
0: You get sick of stuff.
1: <laughs> absolutely, and once you sit down and hash it out, you realize that there's actually a lot more in common that we can agree on than is different. And like you said, obviously there's different stages of your life, different types of people who are going to do better with different things. Um, and probably the best is really to experiment on yourself and figure out, like you said, what feels best for your body and how, what makes you perform at your best or, or feel at your best.
0: Yeah, like that. if I look at if I look at the history of, of me in terms of what I've done to work out and nutrition,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's constantly evolved. It looked way different in my 20s and my 30s and now in my 40s. Like there's certain staples that I think feel good um, and certain staples like running, which have never felt good. <laughs> but like, who knows? Maybe I'll wake up someday and say I want to run. But like we evolve. Right. Um, and I think it's important to not be too rigid and be open to change, you know, with regards to diet, with regards to everything. I think it's just a good philosophy on life.
1: Sure. And just to be balanced. Like you say too, you know, having something that isn't necessarily the healthiest, but it makes you feel good or brings you pleasure is probably not the end of the world.
0: Yeah, there's a very spiritual thing, you know, it's like, you know, there's a, there's a spiritual thing about like, you know, breaking bread with someone and like enjoying food and that that's something, you know, can be challenging for people who are, you know, not obsessed with health, but really focused on health. It's like you, you don't want to you know be to be to celebratory you don't want to be in like rome right. like i'm in rome for the first time <laughs> ever but like get that pizza away from me it's like <laughs> if you're in rome like you know, maybe try the pizza right, right. Uh, enjoy life and i think that's where balance comes in but it you know it, it's difficult
1: sure sure and you have to and- think too about how much, if you're trying to be so rigid all the time, how much extra stress that creates in your body, or how much it prevents you from developing relationships that might be healing too. So there's so many different factors besides just the food you're eating or the exercise that you're doing.
0: Absolutely, I 100% agree.
1: Um, And speaking of bringing all these ideas together, I wanted to talk to you about the Revitalize Summit because I recently had the experience to participate this year and it was absolutely amazing, like nothing else I've ever been to. Um, so maybe you could talk a little bit about how that was born and the idea sure. behind it.
0: Sure, awesome. Well, I'm so glad you were there and had a great time. <laughs> it's music to my ears. So Revitalize started back in 2014 and you know what is so personally fulfilling about MindBody Green is our community. Uh, community started back in 2010. You know, I'm blogging. I'm doing every blog post myself on MindBodyGreen, and I was smart enough to know I didn't know everything, <laughs> and started reaching out to people in the New York City wellness community, people who were at Revitalize, like Tara Stiles, mm-hmm. like Frank, Dr. Frank Littman, uh, and those people. I started to interview. I got to know. I would meet more of them, and and somewhere along the way, a couple of them said do you accept guest blogs? And I said, mm-hmm. fantastic, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> yes, please. And then they started blogging for us and, and that led to the beginning of the Mind, Body, Green community which is in our DNA and we have over 5,000 contributors around the world who write for us. And what's so special about that is the relationships we have are real, they're authentic. Like if you're ever in New York, you come to our office, like there are people coming through here every day and there's a range, so there are, you know, your everyday wellness enthusiasts to best selling authors, professional athletes, like legit celebrities. But it's this amazing blend of people and it's just really special and we've gotten to know so many of these people personally, you know, we've seen weddings, divorces, <laughs> babies, all that stuff. And, and it's just amazing. And. You know, in 2014, I thought like, and I have to go to a lot of events and I generally don't like them. (laughs) And I thought like our community is so special. Like I'd love to bring some of these diverse people together where, you know, maybe it's bringing together a doctor and and an actor and they never would have met in the real world. But they, they share this passion for wellness like that's special. And so we decided to create Revitalize. And it's an annual event. And we decided right off the bat to make it invite only. So we buy out the entire resort. So this year we did it at the Ritz Carlton Dove Mountain in Arizona. We bought out the whole thing. And we literally invite everyone personally, which you experience yes. firsthand. So <laughs> everyone there, we know, Colleen and I know. And it, it and everyone's great. So, and we get that great mix of people. We've got musicians, we've got athletes and actors, and they share this like common passion. And to us, that's like special. That's where the magic happens. And the event is. You know, bringing the community together and creating like awesome experiences. Like we have a juice bar, we have gluten-free beer. You know, you said that you learned mm-hmm. you did a meditation training this year.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We do hikes, we do yoga, um, which is amazing. And then all we take over the whole menu, as you saw.
1: This
0: is amazing. Yes, we bring the menu. It's it's all Mind Body Green approved, um, and then we do amazing content. So we bring in a stage and a crew and we do Ted style talks and interviews. We did a great interview with you and we live stream that content to the world and we had over a million people watch this year. Wow. So it's a way to like broadcast that to the world and, and that's how and this is our third one. So we started in twenty fourteen. It's it's a annual event and it's uh one of the most special things we do. It's a way to like really catalyze their community through transformative experiences and content and uh, hopefully leaves people inspired.
1: Yes. Well, I definitely left inspired, that's for sure.
2: Awesome. Um,
1: And I I have to just compare it to just the experience to what happens in a CrossFit affiliate because obviously that's where I spend a lot of my time. Sure,
2: sure. But
1: it was so interesting to me to see because I think one of the unique things about a CrossFit affiliate is you have people from all different walks of life who maybe wouldn't necessarily interact or at least not on a deep level. And then suddenly they're sweating together. They're in a really vulnerable situation where maybe they're, you know, struggling to finish the workout or learning a new skill and they have someone cheering them on. It really breaks down barriers. And I felt similar. It was obviously a different experience, but I felt similar things going on at Revitalize where you didn't have... you didn't have any barriers in talking to everyone everyone was very comfortable around each other you could come up and talk to anyone about anything and yep. it was a very it was a place where people I feel like could really be themselves and not worry about anything else yep. um, so I thought that was really really special and it was cool to see the things and the interactions and the relationships that form in that type of a setting
0: yeah, to me, like, I think that's one of the reasons why the event is so successful. And I think, you know, buying out the resort is a plays a big role where like, you know, and it's highly curated. So like, when you take out the resort, like usually a lot of events, like they do a section of a hotel or something, mm-hmm. but like, because it's so highly curated, and it, the resort is ours, it's like everyone walking around, you know is like, quote unquote, like, cool. Like, they're okay, <laughs> it's safe. Like, right. they're, they're, they they're, get here. It. <laughs> they get it. Like, I can talk to them. Like, everyone wears their name tags, even mm-hmm. like the celebrity, like, it doesn't matter who you are. It, it's like a, a level playing field to mm-hmm. some degree, which I think is really special and like, that allows for the magic to happen where you could be like walking down the hallway and then you pass someone. It's like, Oh, I'll talk to them. Like right. they're here. It's like it's not, like, they must be okay. We're cool. I don't even know who they are. Right. Or like, Oh, maybe I know them. I'll just start talking to them. People are a lot more open to the spontaneity.
1: Absolutely. I definitely felt that. Um, speaking of CrossFit as well, I wanted to just touch on, I think you said your father-in-law in our interview yes. is doing CrossFit and yes. started at age 70
0: yeah he's 70 he may start at like 68 but okay. he's 70 <laughs> now he goes to crossfit paradiso
1: oh okay
0: in venice and uh it's just when you talk about community it's just amazing <laughs> like one of our friends who is in his mid-40s and like has done navy seal training and is totally ripped in the best shape of his life uh-huh. we found out like months after the fact that he is like buddies with my, with our (laughs) father-in-law Colleen's dad through CrossFit. And we're like, you two look nothing alike, (laughs) like from a physical fitness level to like anything like, Oh my God, like that there's something powerful to that. that (laughs) These two people like different levels, different ages, Mm -hmm. everything have bonded through CrossFit. And to me that just speaks volume about the community there.
1: Yeah, it's so true. I think I I appreciated it especially when I was in college, I think, because when you're in college you're only interacting with people that are in your age group, that are in you're mostly in your same college, doing the same things you are. And joining the local affiliate allowed me to meet people who were older, younger, doing all different types of jobs. It created so many relationships and um allowed me to really see life a lot bigger than i would have otherwise so i can definitely appreciate that yeah it's it's kind of special definitely well that's cool what what do you think inspired him to start at age 68 or 70
0: so he's always been like physically active Mm -hmm. he is a mountain climber Mm -hmm. Uh, waving something he you know he's climbed oh god I forget which mountain but he still climbs like he's always been active
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you know for him climbing is like meditation it's his thing and he tries to stay fit but he also you know loves his pasta and red wine so a little bit of uh
1: balance there <laughs>
0: he doesn't embrace the paleo lifestyle <laughs> the community I will say that uh, but balance yes um, and I, I think he just, I don't know how it happened, but he just like popped in there one day and he's there every week now.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I want to close with three questions I ask everyone. So I'm Sure. sure you've thought about these a lot already because they're very much in your daily life. But first one is three things that you do on a regular basis that you think have the biggest positive impact on your health.
0: On a daily basis.
1: Well, daily, regular basis. It doesn't have to be daily.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay. So first one is uh, gratitude practice. Mm. So I am a big believer in the power of gratitude. Every morning I wake up, I say thank you over and over silently in my head. I repeat it over and over. Thank you for, you know, my health. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for, I just pick random things mm-hmm. and I just start, I, I try to start my day with that every day. Uh, How
1: two, long does that go on for? Is it just like seconds, a quick like thing? Or, or, yeah, okay.
0: 10, 15 seconds. She's like, right when I wake First up, thing. it's like, thank you. Thank you. You know, thank I you. Like okay and it's like ingrained like my mother ingrained that in me so that's like one of the first things and i think you know gratitude in so many ways is like one of the most powerful like dr perlmutter said it revitalized Mm -hmm. like what's the biggest thing you could do for your health like he did not say get rid of gluten he said gratitude (laughs) which is like coming from dr perlmutter amazing it means a lot Uh, so start with gratitude uh to meditation uh Meditation has been huge for me. I practice the same type of meditation you learn from Charlie Vedic <laughs> meditation. So 20 minutes of repeating a mantra over and over silently. Uh, I never miss a day. So I don't often, I, you know, I don't always do twice a day, but I never miss a day. And so I'll do that in the morning. And if I don't do it in the morning, I'll do it in the afternoon or, or early evening. And meditation has been tremendous for me, I think. As an entrepreneur and CEO, uh, there's always something that could stress me out. There's always uncertainty. There's there's just, it, there's always something.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and having a practice that helps me compartmentalize and sort of put things over to a side has really helped me. Otherwise, I would never sleep.
2: Okay.
0: And so meditation has been game changing for me. Uh, Also, you know, it's not daily anymore. It's more like two to three days a week, yoga. Mm. Uh, Yoga at one time after it healed me back became a daily practice, like I couldn't get enough of it. And the reality of working so much, my practice started to dwindle and now I've got it to a place where like, okay, I can commit to at least two days a week, 15 minutes at home, like I can do this, it feels great. Mm -hmm. And, And you know, yoga for me, it just it feels great. It resets me, uh, and it's just become a staple in my routine. And then I switch it up here and there. Like I do push-ups. I do sit-ups. Sometimes I go to the gym. Sometimes I get out of the gym. Like mm-hmm. now I'm in the phase of push-ups and sit-ups, that, you know, and that works and dips and all the fun stuff, body weight. Uh, but I'd say, like, gratitude, meditation, and yoga are some of my – Staples and I'll throw in good coffee.
1: Mmm, that's a good, good one. Black,
0: good black coffee.
1: <laughs> Do you have a favorite place or a favorite kind?
0: I love we're, Brooklyn Roasting Company, okay. which is here in Brooklyn. And right, we live and work within a four block radius. And the Brooklyn Roasting Company is right there, and they like roast the beans right there. So you walk in yeah. and you can smell it. It's phenomenal.
1: Amazing. Oh, I'll have to try that. I just did recently a month of no coffee because I felt like I needed to like just reset a little bit. Yep. Um, but now I'm back to it and I'm so happy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love it. I love, I love the taste of coffee.
1: Mm-hmm. It's so good. So good. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about the meditation because I think that's something that people, you have to start the practice and do it and be committed to it for a little while before you really start to feel the benefits. Sure. And I think a lot of people get discouraged early on or they start and stop and maybe don't really commit. So I'm interested in what was there something that made you say, I'm going to commit to doing this twice a day for 20 minutes? Or when did you get to that point?
0: I just felt, you know, a big, you know, you know what happened for me actually happened at Revitalize in 2014. Uh, Dan Harris from ABC News spoke about meditation. He's got a great book 10% happier. Mm-hmm. And he he spoke and the book is phenomenal and he spoke about meditation and I felt like you know it's mind body green and I've been doing such a good job with the body the green but the mind I was like, <laughs> ah, I'm not really meditating." And after hearing him talk at Revitalize, I was like, "You know what? I I need to start you know getting a practice here." Mm-hmm you know, before it was sporadic, it was here and there. And so I, I definitely said, I want to I do this and I want to commit to it and see what happens. And I think with anything, it's like commit to it give, it, give it space, whether that's like three weeks or three months, make sure you see it through and then decide like, okay, I like this, I don't like this. And I happen to like it and it works for me and I feel great, so mm-hmm. I'm in.
1: Awesome, what were some of the things that you noticed then after you started doing it for a few weeks or months?
0: You know, one of the first things specifically in the afternoon was like, I felt like what like a fog would lift off my face. Hmm. Like, you know, and from what I understand, it's like the contrast of, you know, in the afternoon and the day you're going and going and going. And then it's like, you just stop and shut down. So like, there's this sharp contrast where I felt like my fate, like a fog would lift.
2: Hmm. Wow.
0: which was amazing and that was like one of the first things I noticed uh felt like more in tune uh felt like my intuition was kicking in like just and I little things here and there but the fog lifting like I literally have a tough day four o'clock mm-hmm. go in I'm at four I'd be like whoa I feel like renewed this is amazing
1: that's amazing better than coffee in the afternoon? Well, <laughs> I would do
0: coffee after meditation. Okay, so it's like... You actually get more of a contrast. I asked Charlie about uh-huh. this. So, like, it's like you come out of this and you have, like, this heightened state of awareness. It's, like, sort of... It's maybe cheating a little bit. But...
1: <laughs> hey, but it works. That's awesome. Yes. Okay, what about one thing that you think would have a big impact on your health but you have a hard time implementing it or doing it on a regular basis?
0: Uh, I would... I would love to work out more, whether that would, you know, right now it's, it's yoga two or three days a week, push-ups or sit-ups like one to two days a week. Uh, I would love to do more. And I think, you know, being an ex-athlete, like I love moving, I love that. Mm-hmm. And I just, by the time I get out of here, and I, I've never liked working out in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like I can meditate in the morning, but like I just don't like it. Like I've never liked it, uh, and that's like a little bit of my challenge. By the time I get out of here, I'm exhausted. So if I could figure out a fix for that, I think that would help. But
1: and now you know, being a dad soon, I'm sure that's gonna really,
0: <laughs> <I know. laughs> really how, help. really help. Having a child in January, I'll figure uh... out what to do there too. Yeah.
1: No, I'm sure you'll be getting more exercise running around after yes. him or her. So, All right, um, last question is, what does a healthy life look like to you?
0: Wow. You know, to me, it's... Hmm. I would say it's, it's waking up, feeling grateful, uh, having purpose, and... Marrying that with a healthy plate for whatever that looks like for you and relationships that are you know meaningful and deep uh, and also putting everything all out there you know living each day to its fullest whatever that looks like and and feeling uh, not empty so to speak but like closing the day feeling like you've put everything out there you've mm-hmm. gave it your all and I think that is living a healthy purposeful life
2: for
0: I love
1: me. it I love it that's a great feeling to have at the end of the day and I love what I love about it is that you're really the only one who knows if you have that feeling and no one else yes. knows
0: Yes, and some people hate that.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: because,
0: well, it's like I, I think people struggle with this idea of we're in a society where it's like just tell me what to do,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that's always easy, you know. But I think true health, true success, true happiness—it's not going to be any book. It's not going to be any guru. Like, it's unique to you. Unfortunately or unfortunately, you're the only person who knows <laughs> right. what that looks like. You can <laughs> read all you want, you can all that stuff is great, but at the end of the day, you're the only one who knows. The answers are within. So right.
1: Awesome. Well, great note to end on. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I'm oh. super excited to share this with all the listeners and um, we'll have them check out Mind Body Green. Where can they where else can they follow you?
0: So, my name Buddy Green, and I'm at Jason Wachub, Wachob, W A C H O B, on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat.
1: All of the then, social medias. <laughs> all the
0: social, and then Wealth is W E L L T H, and that's at Amazon, bookstores, everywhere. So. Awesome.
1: And also on Audible, I listen to it narrated by uh, you. A- so.
0: Narrated by me, too. Yes.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Julie. It's an honor.
1: Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I loved hearing more about Jason's story and his unique perspective on health and wellness. Let us know what your favorite wellness habits are in the comments below this episode. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefoucher.com where you can subscribe to my email list. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please email me at info at i I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on the podcast in future episodes. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget you can train with me by visiting beyondthewhiteboard.com slash juliefouché. I always love hearing your feedback, so please leave comments under this post on my website, juliefouché.com, and share your thoughts on social media with the hashtag JFHealth. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health.